Hi there, it's Melvin. Just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Thryzer for supporting this month's podcast sessions. Thryzer is a payment platform that you have to check out if you are a private pay therapist and accepting out-of-network benefits. It basically helps clients save on therapy up front. Thryzer can help verify a client's out-of-network benefit ahead of the first session so that they get transparency up front on what their out-of-pocket costs will be. I'll tell you more about Thryzer here in the middle of our session, but if you go to sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, you actually and then enter the code STC upon sign up, you get your first $2,500 in fees waived. Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, and be sure to enter the promo code STC. So we'll jump right into today's podcast session. Hello, hello. Welcome to session 202 of Selling the Couch. Hope you're having an awesome day. And if you're in a part of the country that you're in the middle of July and it's extremely hot, I hope that you are surviving I'm actually recording this at the beginning of July, and it has been brutally hot here in Philly, but it's cooled down a little bit, and I'm keeping my fingers crossed that we continue to get rain and it stays cool because I cannot do this hot weather. So, But wherever you are, I hope that you're doing awesomely well. Today's podcast topic is a little bit different than most of the usual topics. We're actually talking a lot about sleep and particularly sleep as it relates to us as small business owners and as private practitioners and why sleep is so important. My guest is Yishen Zhu. Yishen is a psychologist. Her website is over at mindbodygarden.com. She's located in Los Altos, California, and she also has a soon-to-launch podcast called Deep Into Sleep. And she's an expert when it comes to sleep. She runs groups for insomnia. She does a bunch of different stuff, and uh, I just thought she's such a great guest to have on to talk about sleep. So we're covering a range of different things. Uh, We're starting out with a very basic question of why is sleep so important for a private practitioner? And then we're getting into kind of the more nitty-gritty. What does an ideal night of sleep look like? And some of the things I, I share a little bit about my own journey here, and especially in the last year, my struggle with insomnia, and especially as small business owners, whether it's like a life circumstance that has caused insomnia, for example, I think part of it's for me has been related to having a baby and constant, you know, waking up and sleep and wake up and sleep. And then There's been other seasons of my life where I've had a lot of stress as a small business owner. And so, you know, I either I'm stressed about something or I have some kind of idea for the business and that's led to disruptions in sleep for me in the middle of the night. And Yishan is here to cover what should we do in a scenario like that? What should we also do in a scenario where we have a tough case or we are coming home after a tough day of clients, maybe you work with trauma anything like that, or you're worried about a client and and what do you do and how do you transition from that mindset to being able to get optimal sleep? And then we wrap up with a couple of things. One, we talk about how does quality sleep impact us as private practitioners? What are some of the biggest mistakes that small business owners make when it comes to sleep? Uh, A lot of this stuff has to do with technology and stuff that I never thought 
about. And then I was checking them off. I was like, oh, no, I'm guilty of doing that. I so shouldn't do that. And so I think that area will be particularly helpful for you. And then we wrap up with just some of the best tips that Yushen has learned after working with all these clients and running these groups and all this research and postgraduate training in sleep. Before we do get to today's podcast session, I just wanted to thank today's podcast supporter, which is actually the Selling the Couch directory. And so the simple goal of the directory is to better connect us to one another, whether it's for cross-referrals or to connect with other clinicians that work in uh, the same niches and with the same populations that you do, and just a place for us to be able to both advertise and share either both our business as well as our clinical consultation and supervision services. And then one of the really cool features we're now working on is we're going to soon have the ability to advertise and find office space, whether it's for sublease or office space that's available to rent. You can find more information about the STC directory over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash directory. So we'll get right to today's podcast conversation. Here is my conversation with Dr. Yishen Zhu from mindbodygarden.com. Hi, Yishen. Welcome to Selling the Couch. Hi, Melvin. Thank you for inviting me. I'm very happy to be here. I'm so grateful that you accepted this invitation because sleep is one of my most favorite topics. I've actually done like this past episode on you know, the power of naps. And I actually take, and I actually didn't mention this to you before the interview, but I actually try to take a power nap seven days a week. It's a 25 minute power nap. I'm not like a coffee drinker or a tea drinker. And it's sort of my way to like break up the day. I'm excited for this topic because I I feel like there's always things that we can learn when it comes to sleep. Definitely. I'm actually happy you're taking the power uh, nap. It's a very important tool. Yeah, no, it's a, yeah, it is interesting. We can definitely dive into it, but I think part of it's Mm -hmm. also cultural for me as well. So yeah, I wanted to start at the top, which is why do you think sleep is so important for small business owners? I know it's a weird question, but I was just kind of curious to hear your thoughts on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think for small business owners, they face a lot of challenges and myself too. First, the the schedule is a little bit not structured. Mm -hmm. So sometimes a lot of work, a lot of life, we are going to deprive our own sleep due to other things. And when we are sleep deprived, the problem is we're going to feel so sleepy during the daytime. And that actually can harm our health, harm our attention, even make it very dangerous when we drive. Because drowsy driving is similar to drunk driving. And that's definitely not only a safety concern, it's also not very pleasant, not very healthy for small business owners. I had no idea. I heard something like that, but I didn't realize that's a pretty like startling realization, right? Drunk Yes. The equivalent of sleepy driving to drunk driving. That's, that's wow. Yeah. We always have to educate clients that, you know, when you are really sleep deprived yourself for a while, be careful when you drive, especially if you feel sleepy behind the wheel. Yeah. And that's, yeah, I would say that's a big challenge. And another challenge I see a lot of small business owners face is insomnia. They have difficulties falling asleep or, you know, 
wake up a lot at night, cannot fall back asleep anymore, a lot of the symptoms, and that can really impact our mood during the daytime. People get irritable, anxious about sleep. Some people I knew they start. Worrying about sleep from the early morning, like for the whole day, for tonight's sleep, and they are not happy. No energy or attention to to you know pay attention to their family. You said so much good stuff, and I, I like want to break this down a little bit. So one of the things you said, one of the biggest challenges, and I think this is true for all of us as clinicians, like you know our schedules are structured, but they're not structured, right? Like so,、yes. in many ways, we can sort of set that, and it's a good and a bad thing. the The thing you also said was it's related. So,、um, not good sleep can impact attention. And I was just thinking, like especially for our field, but when we're seeing clients,、mm-hmm. it really, you know, like a, if we zone out for just a second, you know, a client may say something that's. Very like therapeutically very important, or it could be something related to like you know they may make some sort of subtle phrase you know whether it's related to suicidality, homicidal, anything like that. And so,、mm-hmm. and I just thought about that when you were talking. Yes, definitely, we have to pay attention. We have to be very alert and on top of things during the daytime. And sleep play a big role in that. The other piece you said was insomnia, and and I'll kind of jump into this a little bit later because I、mm-hmm. felt like this is actually something I've never struggled with insomnia until this past year since our daughter was born, and it's been an interesting experience because I, I read about it, but I was like, I'm such a good sleeper normally, and yeah, I'm curious to kind of hear your thoughts. But before we go there, I wanted to just shift a little bit and. You know, I think a lot of folks that are listening are wondering. You know, what does exactly like? What does an ideal night of sleep look like, and what should it look like?、Mm-hmm. That's a very good question. Actually, everyone's sleep looks slightly different, but there are something in common. First, it's sleep habit. So, ideally, a good night of sleep starts with some kind of wind down period about. One hour before sleep, and we start, you know, relaxing our body, our brain, get rid of electronics, be ready to transit from waking stage to sleep stage. And then, when we try to sleep, if we have a good night of sleep, we may not struggle too much with falling asleep or staying asleep. Normally, it takes people thirty minutes or less. To fall asleep, and occasionally during the night we would wake up. And actually, it's very common for a healthy adult to wake up on average ten to twelve times per night. And so that's totally okay. Yeah, most people don't do that. Wow, I had no idea. Right, I did not know that before I studied sleep. Yeah, but once we can fall back asleep, okay,、uh, relatively quick. That's fine. It's it's very healthy and. When we wake up in the morning, even our sleep is very good. Rarely we would feel fresh, refreshed from the moment we open our eyes. Most time we would transit from sleep to wake, and this period can take about you know twenty to forty、uh, minutes. We call that sleep inertia.、Hmm. That's really interesting because even like this morning, I felt like. You know, our daughter like slept. She got up around I don't know eleven forty p. 
p.m. last night and then slept all the way till 7.30 this morning. Mm -hmm. And I got up at my normal like 6.30 and I did. There was a period like 20, 30 minutes after because I was trying to like get a workout in and I felt this like sense of tiredness. And I was like, I couldn't explain it. I was like, well, I slept pretty well comparatively, you know? But so is that, I guess that could be related to this sleep inertia idea? Yeah, exactly. Most people would be scared to feel that. Actually, it's okay. Past that period, you're fully awake, you can function well, then that's fine. So the moment when we wake up, how we feel, it's not a very good like standard to evaluate how we slept the night before. That's really important. You said something really interesting as well, the waking up 10 to 12 times. So a couple of things. One, I feel like I know for me, when I wake up in the middle of the night, sometimes I have this thought of, oh my gosh, I'm up and now how am I going to get to sleep? It's like it creates more anxiety. So it, it was just nice to hear you say like that's normal. And is that related to like going between like sleep cycles or what, what, what causes that wakefulness? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's anxiety. A lot of times by knowing this is healthy and okay, that can definitely help us reduce an unnecessary anxiety about sleep. Hmm. And these weakenings, mostly they happen the second half of the night when we're in the REM stage. Yes, when we go in and out different sleep stage, weakenings hmm. may happen or when something in our you know, environment change, like our partners is turning, baby is crying or something, and some noise, we, we would have this like brief moments of weakening up. And that's okay. Most time we don't even remember them. That's really important. And then you said one of the most important thing is to have like this wind down time, like an ideally about an hour before sleep. So I was just thinking about that. Like, I think definitely like pre-baby I would have like a 45 minute to one hour wind down time. But I think more recently it's been, okay, we're putting her <laughs> in the bed and then, you know, having like quiet time as a family. And then usually I'm trying to get right to bed. And so that is interesting to think about that. Like, you know, and I do notice like when I get to bed, I can fall asleep relatively quickly, but my mind is still kind of racing a little bit. Like it hasn't had that wind down. Yes. Yes. So bring me time to calm down. Right. I wanted to shift because you said you spoke a little bit about insomnia earlier and uh, mm -hmm. wanted to kind of dive a little bit. And before I ask you kind of the question and just to, you know, pick your brain on that, I wanted mm -hmm. to share kind of my own struggle, especially this past year. As I shared in the, the beginning, I really, I'm, I'm a good sleeper and I hadn't really struggled with this idea of insomnia. But this past year, I don't know if it's because of the, you know, the the night feedings, like waking up and then trying to get back to sleep or the fact, you know, our baby was a NICU baby. So we're just more hyper about, you know, her needs and stuff like that. And, but I noticed like this year, this past year, I've had these bouts of insomnia. And so when I was like kind of observing and trying to like figure out what was going on, I noticed like a lot of times my mind was racing a lot. So either I'm like, for example, worried about something in the business or I'm worried about her. Like, I don't know. I, so I'm, I'm like curious to hear about like, what do I, what, you know, what does one do in a situation like that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think racing thoughts, worries about business or children, family issues, very, very common. Mm -hmm. And that's possibly one of the biggest reasons 
what keeps people awake or keeps the、uh, symptoms of insomnia going for most people. And one interesting thing is, even if you worry so much at night and you feel like your thoughts cannot slow down, your rational part of your brain, your frontal lobe, actually is not really working at night when you try to sleep. But on the other hand, your emotional brain is very active. During the time of sleep, so that keep people keep on worrying and cannot stop. But a lot of time, nothing gets done, even though you worry so much. Yeah, it's almost like it stays in our mind,、mm-hmm. and then it keeps, which is what's happened. So this was like kind of the second part of this. So like this happened a little bit before the baby, where it was more related to the business. So like for example. I would be worried about something with the business, or my like my. It's like my literally my head was like exploding with all these like new ideas in the middle of the night,、mm-hmm. and it became like hard for me sometimes to fall asleep. And to be honest, like it got to a point where a couple of times where I would just get up and just go do like one or two hours of work, maybe at like two in the morning,、mm. and that seemed to help me because like I felt like then I was able to go back to sleep. But then I don't know if. Was that the right way to do it? I don't know. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I think people can be actually very creative when it comes to what works for sleep. Overall, it may not be a good idea to get up in the middle of the night to work because you are shifting your brain from being awake, being asleep, being awake, being asleep. So your sleep quality actually suffers. So sometimes I often. Teach people try the very time. Try to set up maybe fifteen minutes per day during the daytime, just to use to organize all the varies, make it very structured. And then at night, when you think about all these、uh, great ideas, you can tell yourself, "Well, I handled some of those earlier today. I will handle the rest tomorrow during the very time." But if there's some great new ideas, you really vary. You're gonna forget. Then you can have like small note and a pen right nearby your bed, and just jot some simple things down. Just remind yourself that、so、tomorrow I can handle that. Or nowadays we have you know Google Home, Alexa. You don't have to get up. You just talk to Alexa, put it on the to-do list, and then tomorrow you look at that and use your worry time to handle that. It's a really cool way of using technology. I'm going to start using Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like a couple of things. One is kind of countering just sort of the emotional reaction with sort of a rational thought process, right? That's kind of、mm-hmm. the idea. Behind having that time to organize during the day, is that right? Yes. When our rational brain works,、mm. we want really do work,、mm. and when it does not work, we don't want to push it. Got it. And then I, I really like that idea of actually, you know, having a notebook. So you're, in some ways, then you're acknowledging like you're doing something with it as opposed to letting it sit in your mind. 
Right, you put it out of your mind, down to a paper, or you know, in Alexa or somewhere. Then you you feel more like stress free. You can sleep. I wanted to shift a little bit and just you know, since our episode is you know primarily heard by clinicians in private practice, I wanted to kind of present a scenario that I know that a lot of private practitioners probably deal with, right? Which is you know we like perhaps we've had like a particularly tough case, or you've had Like a very late night with clients, and so in either one of those two scenarios, what are the best ways to actually wind down and and get restful sleep? Yeah, that's definitely very challenging. I would say, I think sometimes temporarily draw a line between this work life and your own like personal life. It's so important.、Mm-hmm. After all these tough cases, we may have some emotional up and downs. It's possibly important to design something we enjoy doing. It could be a hot bath. It could be some essential oil. It could be something very relaxing and gentle for ourselves. And put away all the work-related stuff. No computer, for example. Don't look at the chart. Just leave it to the next day, unless it's emergency. And then just focus on self-care, and do something very like enjoyable for the one now. Yeah. So it's I guess the big thing I hear in that it's important to have some kind of like transition activity or transition time between clinical like work and. Personal time. Yes, I think we all have tough cases, tough nights, but distractions sometimes do work in those cases. Especially if it happened right before sleep, there's not much time for us to do a lot. But we can create this little space, even though it may not be long, but this space for ourselves to show love and care to ourselves. That can mean a lot to ourselves. Yeah, it's a good modeling for clients, and we tell our clients to do that all the time, right?、So. Yes. <laughs> you know, I was thinking like one thing. So, which is, you know, like if we have a tough case, you're right. Like if there are certain situations where you do have to address it in the moment, and for whatever reason. But then I think there are other times where you know we may be thinking about a case, conceptualizing, you know, after the fact, and I don't know. For me, I had this realization right now, and I don't know if this is true, but I feel like maybe if I'm, you know, in the middle of the night or as I'm getting winding down, I'm thinking about clients and conceptualizing. It's it may be fine in the moment, but I almost think like it may be kind of short sighted because it's impacting my overall sleep quality, kind of in the long run. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So you mean we kind of sacrifice the sleep for thinking about that. Right, so then we we can say, you know, for me, I can be like, oh yeah, I thought about that, and here's some interventions I can try, and that might be fine in the moment, but then it's come at the expense of sleep quality, which then may impact, you know, the clients I see the next day. Yeah, that's a very good point. Exactly, it's all related. So、right. that could be a good motivation for us to just accept. Of course, I worry about this patient. Of course, I'm like thinking about that. That's normal. That's okay. But let me shift my attention to my sleep right now. What、mm. can I do? Right. Again, wanted to make a couple of like shifts, which is the first question I had was just really practical things. What are three ways that having quality sleep can be beneficial to us as private practitioners? Yeah. So I think quality. If we can improve our sleep quality, 
we possibly can have more. We feel more energy during the daytime. We're less likely to feel tired or the fatigue, which can really get in the way. And we may have brighter mood to be there for our clients, for、um, our colleagues. For the work itself, and I think we can really be able to focus better, and we feel great ourselves. We feel we take good care of ourselves, so we can really focus on the work during the day. Perfect. I like those. So more, more energy during the day, better mood, and then better focus. Yes, I wanted to go back to that that pre sleep routine because I really I'm I'm fascinated by like you know <laughs> yeah. Folks do. What would you say are like? And you alluded to them, and maybe even, yeah. I guess let's start here. What would you say are the three biggest mistakes that small business owners make when it comes to a pre-sleep routine?、Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think as a small、uh, business owners, because the work stress, because the lack of structure, I think the one big mistake is they tr- they work 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 up to the minutes they need to sleep. Yeah. So directly from work, shut down computer, boom, go to the bed, and then we're gonna lay on the bed with brain running, wondering why I cannot sleep. I think that's one of the biggest mistake.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the second mistake is we use computer and phones a lot right now, either for work or relaxation. Right. We watch YouTube videos or shows. We communicate with people. We check emails. So we use the electronics a lot at night. But those can、uh, bring like blue lights into our eyes and surprise the release of melatonin, and that kind of you know interfere with our sleep quality too. And so we are not that ready to go to sleep, like based on our circadian rhythm. So I think the usage of electronics can be a big challenge for business owners too. Yeah, and another one is what we mentioned briefly earlier: it's the lack of balance, lack of a boundary between work life and self care. A lot of time, people just work a lot. There's no exercise, no like a、uh, schedule. There's they can people can go to bed anytime, wake up anytime. Depends on the day that day of the work schedule. Does that make the pre-sleep routine even more difficult when we don't really have a good boundary?、Hmm. That's so. That's good. I wanted to share a little bit with you, and I I don't know if this is like helpful, but you know that second point you said about like computer and phone.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, I recently discovered something. I don't know if you can do this on Androids. I'm sure you can, but I discovered something on my iPhone, which is you can actually turn the screen black and white. And、oh. so, what I've been doing is like during the like even like like you know starting at dinner time, like six thirty seven. I have it as a shortcut, so you can just push the little button on the iPhone,、mm-hmm. but it turns my entire home screen black and white. Oh, yeah. So I've noticed. I don't know that it's like I'm less stimulated、mm. at that point, so I am kind of like curious about it. I also know the iPhones now with these like recent update, you can do like a it has oh it's called Screen Time, so you、mm. can actually、yeah. set limits. They actually have a feature; it's called Downtime, so you can schedule a time away from the screen. So you could actually almost block off, you know, the hour before、um, you get to sleep all the way to you know. 
Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a very good idea. I, I heard some of my clients mentioning that too. There are some kind of apps for computer and phone. So by a certain time, you just cannot use your phone very much anymore. You possibly can only use certain things, but not other things. And then to force you to put it down. There are also a lot of other ideas around that to how to like set a time for yourself to put down all the electronics and start winding down and doing something else, non-electronic related. Yeah. So ideally what you're saying is elect- like we should not like... Downtime, for example, shouldn't be like playing on our iPhone or playing, you know, or necessarily watching like TV or being on our laptop, but it should be more like less of the technology stuff and more other kind of self-care things. Yeah, ideally, because even I'm not familiar with the black and white screen thing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes like even those screens like silver they cannot totally block blue light. So mm. it's uncertain about those. But nowadays, we are all too dependent on electronics. So a lot of times we forget there are a lot of other things can do. But also at the same time, everyone is different. On the computer, I just feel like phone and computer give us too many options to do too many different things. And for some people, reading politics, reading news can be quite exciting. So that uh, gets in the way of sleep. But for some other people, it can be very relaxing. So we really need to figure out what works for ourselves, what doesn't. Uh, That's a very, very good point. Yishen, I wanted to wrap up with, I mean, you've seen a lot of clients, you've been to a lot of trainings, you've presented a lot on this topic of sleep. What would you say out of like thinking about all of that, like what would you say are like the three biggest tips that we can take away in order to improve our sleep quality? Yeah, very good question. I would say number one is, I would say first, the all three tips I want to give are sleep behavior related. Those are the easiest to, to do. And the number one thing is no clock watching at night. I want to mention this because a lot of people in the middle of the night, when they wake up, they constantly, you know, look at the clock, say, what time is it? And that really increases the anxiety about sleep instead of helping us. So that's the number one. Yeah, it's almost like, oh my gosh, I only have three hours left. Like I got to get... Exactly. Yeah, we start doing calculations and then we are more awake and harder to fall back asleep. And then the second one is what we already mentioned. Find your own wind down routine. Create your own ones. Figure out what works for you, what you can do. Half an hour to one hour before your normal bedtime. And that can really be helpful. And the third one, I would say, try to wake up at the same time every day, no matter how late or early you slept the day before. Why is that so, like, I guess, why is that important? Like, for me, I I might be like, oh, I had a, you know, we we hung out with some friends last night and I should maybe sleep in a little bit. But why is it Mm -hmm. important to have that same wake up time? Yeah, so waking up the same time can reset our biological clock in the morning at every morning when we wake up. So our clock resets every morning. 
and waking up time is more important than go、uh, sleep time. I would say. So、hmm. if we constantly wake up the same time, our body has this routine. Our circadian rhythm knows. Okay, this is the time we're gonna. Anchor the day, start the whole day. From now on, we're gonna, you know, do whatever until the moment we go to bed. This at least keep our biological clock aligned. That's that's really interesting. I never、yeah. even thought of it in that way. Ethan, I am so grateful for you. I'm grateful for just all this knowledge that you shared with us. Where can we learn more about you and about the good work that you're doing in the world? Yeah, so I have my own. Practice and my website is mindbodygarden dot com, and、uh, I do run insomnia groups online to treat sleep disorders. Also, I will launch a podcast about sleep to to talk about sleep deprivation, insomnia, sleep apnea, all the sleep disorders. And the name of the podcast gonna be Deep Into Sleep. Nice, I love the name. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you again for doing this. Yeah, thank you, Melvin, for inviting me. This is great. I always love to share all the informations. Yeah, no, it was such a good, just wealth of knowledge, and yeah, I'm grateful that you shared it with us. Yeah, thank you. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Hey there. Hope you enjoyed my conversation with Yishen, and I hope that. Even if you know a lot about sleep and you've read a lot about sleep, I hope that today's session you've picked up something that you can implement. I know for me, one of the biggest takeaways and one of the things that I'm going to implement is I'm going to be a lot more thoughtful about my wind down routine, especially since the baby's come. I've kind of made a quick transition from putting the baby to sleep to trying to get to sleep, and I just need to think through a little bit more about how I can make that. That transition a little bit better. I think the other thing I also just need to be a little bit more aware of is checking the clock in the middle of the night. I know that for me, naturally, when I do that, there is a part of me that oftentimes where I get more anxious,、uh, thinking about, "Oh my gosh, I only have you know a couple more hours to sleep, or I can、uh, only have thirty more minutes before I have to get up," and so. I felt like today's podcast conversation for me, I think, was just a good reminder of how important something basic as sleep is、um, to just our functioning, especially as clinicians. Ishan mentioned a number of resources, and you can find those over on the show notes page to today's session, which is at sellingthecouch.com/forward/slash/session and the number two. Zero two, and again, Yishen's website is over at mindbodygarden dot com, and her webs and her new podcast rather is called Deep Into Sleep. And then you can also find on the mindbodygarden dot com website a link to a couple of the groups that Yishen is running. They're actually online groups for insomnia. They're both available in English as well as in Mandarin, and so you can find that at the very top. Of her website, and as we wrap up, finally, I just wanted to again thank today's sponsor, which is the Selling the Couch directory. So, as I record this, one of the things we're actually doing is we're doing a big overhaul of the STC directory. When I first launched this, I we launched it, and we you know we launched it with the limited resources that we had. And as the directory has grown, fortunately, we have. Some more resources that we can use, and so one of the things that I just recently did was I actually hired an entire 
web development team that actually works with the directory theme that we're using. And they're doing some pretty cool customizations on the directory. And one of the things that I'm really excited about in a very dirty way is next week, I'm going to be sitting down and we're going to be looking at the search bar for the directory. And so my goal is you will, when you go to the search bar, you'll be able to do a couple of different things. So it'll basically ask you a couple of different questions. You know, for example, I want to cross-refer a client. So you click on, I want to cross-refer a client, and then it will take you to a secondary menu where you can, for example, check off insurances or private pay, check off a certain geographic area, check off a certain niche or population. And then based on that, it'll present search results for you. And so you can learn more about the directory over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash directory. And just a heads up, just because I don't want to like launch this while they're in the middle of making these tweaks. Um, so it'll probably be here. Their plan is to have everything done by the end of this month. And then my plan is to relaunch the directory here in August or the latest by September, assuming all the technology cooperates, which is uh, always an X factor in the world of technology. But I'm excited for the directory. I just I really do think this will be something that will help us better connect with one another. And just being on this business journey, I think one of the biggest lessons that I've learned is that we can go a lot further if we go together. And my hope is that the directory connects us and allows us to do that. Have a great rest of your day, and I'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Selling the Couch podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.sellingthecouch.com. So if you've been listening to the STC podcast for a while, or you've been listening to podcasts and you've had this thought of, Mel, I would love to launch my own podcast in order to grow my business. Just wanted to encourage you to check out our free podcasting workshop, which is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop. You can basically sign up at a day and a time that works for you. It's 90 minutes. And when I do these workshops or when I record them, I truly believe in the quality teaching, so it's going to be well worth your time. We're going to go through gear recommendations and how to launch strategically and how to think about monetizing your podcast and how to line up your podcast with your existing offers and how to do it strategically and authentically uh, and not salesy and slimy um, and all of those things. So again, the link is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop.